0: Welcome to season two of Visiting's Radio Show, where we talk to artists who are engaged with the public outside traditional exhibition spaces. I'm Alan Nakagawa. Stephen Van Dyke is an artist, writer, composer, and educator. I first became aware of Stephen through his epic guerrilla programming along the entirety of Los Angeles streets like uh, Western Avenue, Mulholland, and Sunset Boulevard. He also produced a series comparatively intimate of these performance festivals at a private pool in Echo Park titled Belly Flop. You can read more about his work on Facebook. Just type in his name or LA Road Concerts.
1: Uh, I'm Steven Van Dyke. I'm an artist, writer, educator and organizer living in Los Angeles.
0: (laughs) Um, So we'll go straight into road concert. So how did that idea come about?
1: Uh, Well, I was coming at it from a music angle thinking about streets and how they shift and change. And, you know, also thinking about like experiencing the city as a flaneur or, um, you know, like the, the going on a derive, um, and, so then I was also thinking about that gap between, you know, the, the fine arts and the general populace and how you could be in a, you know, and I've seen this a lot, be in a gallery space and just outside of it are all kinds of people who have no idea what's inside and maybe don't know what to make of it if they do. Mm. And so, trying to bridge that gap, I guess, yeah. Well, you know, um, Fritz Haig did these events called, I think he called them Inverted Parades in the 2000s decade. I didn't even know about his work. When I started the road concerts, what was this? I think it was in Santa Clarita. Really? I'm I might be completely wrong. I'm still not fluent on his work, but um, my understanding is that he would have artists gather and um, I think yeah, he called it an inverted parade. People would. Uh, walk through you know and, and it was like a walk that the audience would do
0: oh okay so it, that's right so that makes sense inverted parade yeah the
1: way, but my, the, the way I started with the road concerts it was like uh, it was meant to be entirely car oriented like you drive get out experience something maybe you don't get out Um, some work is meant just for the car so it's like more car culture centric yeah (laughs) Um, and I was thinking about various like fluxus kinds of things at the time I was making instructional pieces and so I chose the word concert it was actually San Fernando Road concert oh. and then the next one was Washington Boulevard art concert is what I called it because I was thinking about it in terms of I guess I was thinking about performance and installation being along it so it seemed more appropriate to to frame it with the word art (laughs) yeah so people are always like are there bands and it's like no (laughs) but there might be there have been um yeah it's supposed to be such that it could be that's the other another boundary that I was interested in blurring was the categories of music and writing and art and so there have been people who are in kind of working in one category, make, who made something for the road concert, that might seem like it's from another, and I think something about the nature of the event opens them up to different possibilities.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but it's still road concert, so mm-hmm. it's still rooted in a kind of music kind of thing. So, um, um, how many have there been to date?
1: Uh, there have been six. Yeah, National and Washington. And that one was on Veterans Day. Maria Angeles Soto Diaz invited me to do a road concert. Um, And she was interested in um, the idea of, or she saw in previous road concerts this impulse to bring people together and to communicate across um multiple perspectives and so she thought it was a really great thing, you know, at the time of the election in twenty sixteen. Is that when it was? My goodness. Oh no 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 no. It was twenty seventeen. Um <laughs> and um and so the date that she gave me happened to be Veterans Day and the nearest major intersection was national in Washington. So it was like, well, this clearly it's almost like in the stars that it has to be these themes. so but that didn't uh, stop people from choosing other themes related to nearby sites. So there were works related to the you know the fact that Hollywood is secretly truly uh, based out of Culver City and Um, But Hollywood is, you know, one of the major pillars of American culture, so it's not hard to make that connection either. Um, But, um, yeah, so that was the last one. Um, And before that, there was the Day of Remembrance that we worked on. Um, and before that, it had been a few years, um, and so there was Mulholland, Mulholland Mulholland before that Sunset, before that Washington, and before that San Fernando. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so non, not annual, but.
0: (laughs) Fairly regularly. Yeah.
1: Yeah and it's last it's all relative yeah it's all relative and last year there was the event at Union Station which was not a road concert right because it was almost entirely inside Union Station and it was curated by me ah I well I selected the people and then we worked together to decide where their works should go um I still hesitate on the word curated, because I don't know that I really curated it exactly. It's more like I selected people. (laughs) Right.
0: That's kind of curated. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, and everyone was paid, which never happened before. Right. So. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all because uh, Heidi at Metro Heidi like, Zeller Heidi Zeller reached out to me and that's great. yeah so between you Marianne Hillis and Heidi I if I if not if none of you had reached out to me I probably wouldn't have done any of that
0: mm. so that's good Hopefully yeah. more people will <laughs> reach out to you
1: or maybe I should get some gumption and initiate new things on my own
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it helps it helps to have a budget you know I think yeah um we we discussed that
1: yes that was maybe our last conversation (laughs) regarding the downtown one yeah Yeah. so yeah something we should all strive for yeah Um, I had never I have never applied um for funding for the road concerts.
0: We should work on something.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is there a street that you would like to uh, go for? Um. Or are there many streets you would like to go for?
1: Oh, there are so many. Yeah. There's so many beautiful ones. I'm left with a lot of questions after you know a decade of road concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, you know, in the Washington one, there was, it became clear that there was a feeling that we were going into neighborhoods that were, you know, underprivileged, disadvantaged. Um, In the Mulholland event, it felt really good going into a wealthy neighborhood. Like, (laughs) I could see a part two, like a second Mulholland derive happening. Um, but the other thing I learned was that, you know, I learned a lot about like, oh, this is, uh, you know, administered by the Santa Monica Mountain Conservancy, the outlook, overlooks. Um, This land over here is actually, it belongs to the house way up at the top of this hill, but they can't do anything with it. So they don't treat it like it's theirs um so i learned some things like that Uh, yeah lots of random lessons all through it so
0: before that was it always on public uh property or
1: it was before mulholland with the first three it was you know whatever is accessible if you park your car on the side of whatever street it was and Walk you know openly, which as it turns out could be any number of things it could be the uh, the public sidewalk, the parking lot of a business um, it could be um, it could belong to a, I don't know how I don't know if it would belong to like the a transportation transportation like Uh, I don't don't know if Amtrak owns tracks I don't know how that works but um, you know things like things like that so there's this difference between public space meaning it belongs to the public like the government like taxpayers or public space meaning we are in the like realm of the public like uh, like socially we are now not in the private so like a
0: park I guess
1: yeah or even the grocery store is not it's not public space but you're in public oh. so oh, it's scary. a wobbly right. use of public <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know where it really gets complicated is when you're like in front of a store or in a parking lot because it feels public people frequently park at you know in smaller cities like where i grew up people would you know meet in a walmart parking lot to like sell their car to somebody you know like Mm -hmm. so it's not public land but it's in the realm of the public. Yeah. But a lot of you know that that weird shifty blurry line um of like are we in are is this public Ca- came up a lot in the planning. Yeah. Because artists would be like is this okay? Like I'm worried that I will upset somebody like a business or that this will be illegal, or um, and yet it's, as far as we're concerned as beings moving through space, it's, you know, we don't think about it in our everyday lives, it's just like we're out and about.
0: So, I guess part of that would be the issue of trespassing. Yeah. Like, what... Or, but I guess there's different degrees of trespassing, maybe, or...
1: And loitering.
0: Loitering.
1: Yeah, that's another one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, that begs the question. So has there been any problems like that?
1: Yeah. Oh, there
0: have. Okay. The Mulholland one. Okay.
1: There were three different things there well maybe more there was Matthias Wigner flew a drone into the back into someone's backyard
0: oh (laughs) I didn't know that
1: that was in 2012 okay yeah (laughs) and um, I feel like it's turned into uh, a legend that he flew his drone into Britney Spears backyard but I don't think it was actually Britney Spears backyard (laughs) Um, <laughs> um. and he never got it back it was like a $300 drone.
0: oh no oh.
1: yeah but yes. he, he also seemed like uh, you know accepting that he wasn't that he was like well I accept it uh, Tracy Jean Rosenthal um, who is a co-founder of the LA Tenants Union I don't know if she still endorses this project, but she went out into the middle of Mulholland Drive in her underwear. What? (laughs) She was re-performing the public mental breakdown of the Coney 2012 uh, guy who, in a bout of white saviorism, he wanted to raise money to depose a king in Central Africa through a very uh, moneyed video campaign on YouTube. And you can still see that on YouTube. I didn't know what it was until she did the performance. I was not as in tune with what was going on, but um, it's really weird. He after he, after he was sort of, you know, uh, called out on, on this, he had this weird public breakdown in San Diego. He's like a white Christian guy who, like, thought he was doing some good for sub-Saharan Africa, you know, by, like, calling for, you know, taking down a king <laughs> raising money to—I don't know exactly what he was calling for anymore.
0: When was this?
1: 2012. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. It's complicated. It had a hundred million views, I think. Oh. I miss—I didn't know what was going on either. But um, anyway, he like went kind of—he went crazy, and he, you know, he—I think he didn't like finding out that there was something problematic about his work and then he was like caught masturbating in the street naked, like on drugs in San Diego. Oh my god. And so Tracy Jean Rosenthal reperformed that wow. in the middle of Mulholland Drive and immediately like I guess four different people called the police on her. Right. Um, which I think she was expecting. Okay. Um, we had selected a spot where there was a lot of visibility on Mohan Drive so that nobody would hit her, because she was literally laying in the middle of the street, like, in her underwear, masturbating to, like, reperform this event right. that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was in a cop car, sitting in the back of a cop car, kind of looking defiant for... I don't know, a good 20 minutes, I think, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> Did the it's the stuff of legend. event
0: also uh, end up that way as well?
1: I don't know. Mm. I don't know what happened to the guy. Mm. I think maybe he went to jail. Mm.
0: <laughs> um, so what was the outcome of this particular performance? Did she go to jail?
1: No, no. she was just, what's the word? Detained? Detained, yeah. Uh, Derive? Derive, okay. yeah.
0: It's, it's a French word, right?
1: It comes from the situationists.
0: International.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Is it Guy Debord?
1: Guy Debord?
0: Did he come up with it or did somebody else from that group come up with it?
1: I think he came up, he with, came it. up with it. Okay. Um, I don't know.
0: I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a, a number of uh, derives on YouTube, and of course, they're just people with a video camera randomly going through the city, kind of right. creating a
1: path. Right. Right. And the idea is like kind of anti-capitalist, like we don't need to consume. Right. Yeah.
0: In the case of Los Angeles, um, it also, it's anti-capitalist, it's anti-tourist.
1: Right. Specifically, yeah.
0: Specifically, right? I mean, not specifically, but you can, you can wrap, wrap it around that as well.
1: Right. I could see that. It, I mean, there's this idea, nobody walks in L.A., Right, Right. But if you did walk in L.A., it's actually a very walkable place. Everything is just a little bit farther than it would be in other, you know, in New York or Boston-type places or San Francisco. But I think that's what makes it lovely. Um, And, yeah, yeah, there's there's something to be had from that experience. I think if we had dedicated bike lanes and could bike around LA, it would be the perfect city because it's for the most part, pretty flat um, and things are a bikeable distance. Um, Yeah. I don't know and I grew up in Albuquerque which has endless bike lanes bike paths that go along arroyos um, because of the 200 year flood um, they built a whole arroyo system before they let the Northeast Heights be filled up with suburbs so all these bike paths exist that aren't even next to streets oh. and I grew up you know thinking that was just totally normal <laughs> probably that has something to do with my uh, relationship to public space in general is that Albuquerque invites you to feel just totally free to wander mm. endlessly
0: The relationship between um, road concerts and the Situationist was not obvious to me uh, until, like, last year. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't really know much about the Situationist, although bits and pieces I've seen. But it wasn't until I was listening to uh, 99% Invisible, where they where they link um, uh, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm uh, McLaren's, um shop in London to the Situationists, oh. and um, and then of course they talked about uh, Guy Debord and they talked about uh, and I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's. Stephen's word.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I totally just... Well, I was, like, trying to think of a title for Mulholland, and it was, like, Mulholland Drive, Mulholland Deriv. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, Society of the Spectacle is amazing. Have you seen it? Um, Oh, yeah. It's so... Yeah. I show it to my students, and... The whole thing? No, in fact, they can hardly handle about 20 minutes of it, oh, so... It is,
0: it's challenging.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so we just watch, I feel like, 20 minutes. You can, you can get something out that's of it. Yeah, I wonder if it became unpopular in the same way that a lot of like the Frankfurt school and like all these different kind of revolutionary theorists were sort of anti-pop culture and then I feel like in the art world pop culture was in starting in the 80s and 90s it was like really in and so um you know kind of uh, probably not antithetical to Andy warhol, but because I think Andy Warhol was critical as as he also embraced um, you know mass media reproduction, but um, yeah, you know, even now, people uh, I feel like there's nobody wants to shame somebody for liking. Pop music, like, like it seems better to that. This is part of the human condition that we enjoy our mass media as humans. Like it's not. I don't know. So it's yeah. I'm thinking about uh, how the those the Frankfurt School, the mid-century theorists would engage on Twitter or, <laughs> like, how? what would they be saying today, you mm-hmm. know. It would be interesting. You know, my, uh, I have this book that's coming out ah. in the next couple of months. Should we talk about that? Let's talk about sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's called People I've Met from the Internet and I've been working on it for a long time, maybe almost 15 years. Wow. And so all this time I've also been a writer. (laughs) Um, But I sort of, I don't know, switched away from it. Um, But yeah, I, I am very interested in those kinds of Stories where, um, yeah, it's uh, long-winded and full of details, mundi- mundane, everyday life, um, more casual, I don't know. So it's, a, it's just tying in into what you were saying.
0: <laughs> like one term would be unedited, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoy those kinds of things. You said, I I like how you said unedited. Uh Um, It's highly edited because that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Mm -hmm. But it is meant to feel... Um, intentional, everything feels intentional, but it also feels very, you know, unedited in the sense that, you know, everything is allowed to be said. Right. It's very open. Yeah.
0: So it has the aesthetic of raw data.
1: It really does. It really, really does. Um, Yeah. We had to cut a lot because... (laughs) At some point, I could just keep writing this forever, right. you know. Right. And my editor—I'm really lucky. I had an editor who was willing to do the amount of work that she did, right. um, because we cut like a third of it. Oh. <laughs> so.
0: And who's are you publishing it, or who's publishing it?
1: It's um, Ricochet Editions. Okay. Um, and they're through. They're related to the USC Grad School program, PhD program. Um, so, yeah. Um,
0: and how would people order it or find out about it?
1: It's on Amazon. It's on um, it's on the USC website as well. And it's also on the spdbooks.org small press distribution. Oh, wow. um, hey, what's the title of it? People I've Met from the Internet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Including one where I would take I would meet guys through Craigslist to take a platonic bath. And then we would listen to the bath in their car as loud as we could make it with the windows down. Mm-hmm. We would drive around my neighborhood and I was just like thinking about I was thinking about a lot of things, but one of the things was the way that like in a traffic jam on the freeway i could hear everyone's music and all their cars and how personal it was mm. and so it was kind of like that it was like i wanted to just let the the i wanted to fill the streets with our bath <laughs> make our intimate experience be um kind of a sound piece that somebody might hear, like the sloshing of the water, um, and the like kind of strangely, uh, you know, quiet, what's the word, like y voices, soft-spoken, soft-spoken voices, really loud coming out of a car. (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know but there are things there are little like experiments like that that get mentioned and you can see the connection with the road concert
0: what what was the name of that
1: series bayland drive Uh
0: that concludes another episode of visitings Thank you to Stephen Van Dyke for taking the time to stop by and chat. You can find more episodes of Visiting's radio show at SoundClouds, iTunes, or on our website, visitings.net. If you visit us on SoundCloud or iTunes, please leave a comment so more people can learn about our show. I'm Alan Nakagawa, sitting in my living room in Koreatown, saying thank you for listening to Visiting's.